Welcome to the DE Talk podcast. Tune in for dialogue between HR experts to amp up your HR strategies. Don't worry, we'll mix in a few laughs as we know you need it. There's no question that the pandemic has changed our outlook on remote work and redefined many things in our daily lives, including our relationship with work and the future of the workplace itself. For many, this was swift and transformed the way we recruit, hire, onboard, train, and engage. With employers having to adapt to the profound change, two questions bear consideration. How do employees feel about remote work and what impact does that have on employers? To answer these questions and more, we're welcoming Jason Ward, Chief Innovation Officer at RocketBuild, and Scott Sendelweck, Director of Employee Brand at Community Health Network, to talk tech, hiring, remote work, branding, and the future of work as we know it. Welcome to DE Talks podcast. I'm Jason Ward. I am the head of Rocket Build, which is the subsidiary brand of direct employers that focuses on software development, web development, and app development. And I'm here today with Scott Sendelwick of Community Health Network. He is the director of employment brand. And Scott, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what that, that title means. Yeah, the employment brand is a fairly new term. Um, not only within the world of healthcare, but also just the industry. Uh, basically, what I do and try to accomplish is manage our brand, our brand reputation for the world of employment or talent acquisition. And so you've got a team that's working with you to make sure that you're getting the right message out there in the world to attract the right kind of talent. Right. So my team of marketers, actually. So there's a team of marketers, there's a team and partnership of talent acquisition uh, professionals, recruiters, uh, sales individuals, really. Um, not only brand managers, but also communication managers that fall under that title. Interesting. And so what does what your day-to-day look like? What are, you, what are you doing with your team and with recruits and those sorts of things? Day-to-day, that's an interesting question. Crazy. It's always <laughs> crazy, right? Um, well, I would say day-to-day for us, it's brand management and brand communication. It's not only defending the brand, but also seeing how we can get the message of the brand out to the general public and specifically the public who's looking for maybe a career change or a switch in venue or just something new, something that fits culturally. So we're not only selling you know, a position or a job or a career path, we're selling the culture and the environment and the diversity and inclusion parts of our job. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And those are huge areas for all of us to improve in. You know, how do we make culture something that's out there more in the world so that people are attracted for the right reasons, not just a paycheck? And how do we make sure that people understand the efforts we're putting forth for DNI? Um, and so it's great to have a, a position that's dedicated to that kind of work. Yeah, it's interesting. When um, I started there at Community, I uh, was really focused more on the talent acquisition and recruitment effort. You know, looking at our positions, our job positioning, our job boards, our vendors the interaction, our spins, everything that comes along with uh, the talent acquisition except picking up a phone and doing the recruiting, right? Um, But what was really cool about that part of the job was that I could work with the talent acquisition pros, the HR generalists, the nurses, the physicians, the individuals doing the job and learn exactly what they went through on a day-to-day basis and then compare that to our current culture. And that kind of evolved into where I'm at today um, community as a network said, hey, we're, we're taking some really strong moves and positions to 
develop a culture that's not only diverse but inclusive, but also is just a great place to work. Mm -hmm. And not only that, when you leave work, you'll be wanting to come back to work tomorrow. And that really hit home with me. I was like, that's, that's amazing. So you're looking for someone to actually take over the brand, not only the really the brand, like who we are, um, but also the position of which you work in. Mm -hmm. So that work-life balance, the culture, um, the soft skills, the, you know, why do you wake up every day and come to work here? And what do we do about it? Yeah, that's fantastic. I think uh, more employers, as you said, this is kind of a new role, but we're seeing more and more that employers are creating roles like this, whether it's a chief culture officer or, you know, an employment brand uh, director as you are. So, um, you know, I love this trend. I think uh, we have to be doing this, particularly in light of the topic today, which uh, is specifically how is remote work since, since COVID hit us? And, you know, we've gone through all of these iterations of COVID and people working from home and then the hybrid and then working from home again. How has that shifted your job and what's going on at Community Health Network? Yeah, the pandemic is something that um, none of us really ever expected, and now we're here, mm -hmm. right? And there's a lot of unfortunates to something like this when it happens because uh, it's just an unprecedented time in the history of human nature, right? Yeah. We've gone through this in the past uh, as a bit of a historian and a history junkie. You see some of these things happen, you know, time to time in the U.S. culture and also in the global culture. And then it comes down to the work environment, right? Now we're in it, and none of us ever expected that to happen. And what happens then? When, what happens when a company or culture runs into something like this? You either adapt, and you got to be agile and change, or you definitely go the way of the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, um, I do a little bit of the hiring on our side of the, the DE brand as well, and I have found in particular, most recently, that there's one attribute that I've been looking for, and I didn't realize I was looking for it for the longest time, and now it's front and center because of the shift, and that attribute is resilience. How, how can people take a punch and get back up and, and move forward or even become better because of it, you know, develop scar tissue or whatever it is to follow that analogy so that they can be stronger and, and more productive and a better team member? Um, is that something you guys look for when you're out there looking for people? Absolutely. The resilience is interesting. We heard that word yesterday used a couple times um, by our executive team. It's, and it it's definitely hits home. It's resilience. It's evolution. It's being agile. It's being able to adapt. Um, all of those key words that you're starting to hear right now in the trending languages on Twitter, right, for corporate Twitter and whatnot, yeah. um, it actually holds true. Uh, we look for that in our populations just mainly because of the system we're in, right? If we're in the world of taking care of people when they fall ill or fall sick or, or need help, um, resilience is pretty key in the world of healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit, just let's look back, you know, a little over a year ago and say, what, what was life like those first couple of weeks when people started working from home or were forced to quarantine and those sorts of things? How did you pivot, you specifically and your team, but then also the organization as a whole? Well, um, I would say that how we pivoted was really interesting because no one knew that we'd be there, right? None of us did, mm -hmm. not, not even in the world of healthcare, just any industry. And it was all of a sudden, boom, okay, well, now what? Yeah. What do we do? Um, it took about two to three weeks for everybody to really adjust to, okay, now what do I do? Do I have the right technology? 
Do I have uh, the laptop? Do I have Wi-Fi? Uh, what am I going to do with my kids? They're also at home. What am I going to do with my grandparents or caretakers? Or you know, what am I? What am I going to do with my car? Mm-hmm. How am I going to get my coffee today? <laughs> right. Um, all these things, all these culture alignments and changes, all happen so rapidly, um, and not only rapidly just for one person or company, for everybody at the same single singularity in time. Mm-hmm. So. What did we do and how did we adapt to that? Um, First thing we did is take a step back and say, okay, well, we are a a corporation. uh, We're a healthcare network and an entity, but we also provide patient experience and patient care. But we also have what's called our caregiver care, the people that work for us, our nurses, physicians, finance, housekeeping, food service, recruiters, everything across the board. All these people are depending on us to make that decision and how we're going to operate. And how are we going to keep them first and more foremost safe? So for us, the adjustment was, okay, the positions that can work from home, let's, let's see if this works. Let's get them the technology. Let's get them in here. Uh, and it's interesting when I say work from home, that term, and, or return to work. I'm sure we'll talk about return mm-hmm. to work. It's we've never stopped working. Right? Sure. No one ever returns to work. <laughs> um, that, that work follows us. And it was more, again, going back and being resilient and being able to evolve to adapt to those challenges. Yeah. That's really where it was. Yeah, that's interesting to bring that up, that, that return to work. I think one of the core topics to get to today is the erosion or um, destruction even of the eight to five workday. Yeah. Uh, it has just gone away for a lot of us that are that don't have to be physically in a place to do our jobs. Um, what has that been like for you and for your team? Um, when I first uh, talked a little more about the eight to five workday for my team specifically in the marketing world, Marketing never sleeps, right? Sales <laughs> never sleep. Our hospital never sleeps. Why would we ever sleep ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess in serious notes, uh, yeah, there's like an eight to five type of mentality, that traditional mentality. Um, we threw that out the window. There's no way we could operate that under crisis situations and incident commands and under a pandemic. Um, that eight to five mentality is gone. And that really doesn't exist in healthcare anyway. It's uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. And we've really strived to do that in the marketing world as well. Yeah. So for your non-physical uh, employees, people who are not in the hospitals or the clinics or what have you, you were already accustomed to working some of those odd hours. Right. Yeah. I think part of the marketing uh, part of us and then also the internal communications and just the brand, we're definitely used to working a little bit of uh, off hours. I think for us, it's more about the job or the project or the situation. And let's do our 100% to get that done. Mm -hmm. When we get it done, not so much, or I guess the hours we get it done in, not so much important as to the quality of work we turned around at the end of the day. So you'd say you have a results-driven culture more than a clock-in, clock-out culture. Yeah, for... I would say for some of the organization, we're, we're definitely 100% results driven, right? We're patient focused driven. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely want the best possible outcome for our patients at all times. Um, and there are certain positions within the network, whereas it is definitely either a clock in or clock out situation. But during those clock in and clock out situations, that's core set of hours that that position may require or we're working, it all is for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you recruit and hire for that adjustment, which wasn't a huge adjustment for you all, but adjusting to that new way of life, the COVID way of life, the remote work way of life? What, what has that done to your recruiting strategies? Well, first off, it started out as, oh, okay, this might be a temporary thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know how that went. Um, and then it started to change to, wait a second, what is, what's the position demand? What is the requirement of the job? 
um, does a requirement of job tell me that I have to drive an hour to work every day and sit at the desk and do this job, take an hour for lunch, come back, do four more hours, and then do the same thing over tomorrow? It does not. Um, what was the actual work that needs to be done? So we started doing an evaluation of the position. Uh, we started looking at the description. We started to look where the work was accomplished and could get done, and then we looked at productivity along with it. Um, it was a little bit of a journey to get there, but as we're starting to do the recruiting, we're starting to find out other organizations, other industries and technologies, they're starting to do the same thing. So now, as a kind of a global shift in the employment cycle, it's starting to move towards that momentum of, is it a hybrid blend of work? Is it a work from home 100%? Uh, do we need an office space? Do we need all the real estate and the dollars that go around with it? There's so many factors that started to filter in to kind of blend it out to whereas, okay, now what are we recruiting for? Right? What are yeah. the true skill sets? Yeah. So, so those of us local to Indianapolis know that community has a big footprint here. Uh, you're doing a lot of things that aren't direct health care. Um, you've got, uh, I want to say, an incubator of sorts or a community space that's on the northeast side that I've been to a couple of times for events and those sorts of things, and it's great. Um, tell me a little bit about the sorts of talent that you generally are out there looking for. A little bit of a plug for, for a you guys. A little bit of a plug yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for my colleagues in talent acquisition, if yeah. they're going to listen to this. Yes, they'll be like, oh, you didn't plug me. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it in there. Um, I guess... Yeah, you're right. Uh, up in the northeast corner, um, and even east side, south, uh, Kokomo, for instance, we have an operation in Greenwater Community Health Network South, uh, Community Hospital East, Kokomo, and Anderson. All of these individual areas have so much involvement. Community is in our name, right? So it, it would behoove us if we did not take advantage of so many awesome opportunities that are out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's so clever, right? So you have community. I wonder who brought that up. That's i got to shake that guy's hand. Um, but uh, when you look and see what we're actually doing in our actual communities and incubators and trying to find those individuals, it is definitely going back to that core factor of diversity and inclusion and knowing who the person is and the opportunities that are available within the network. Um, we are... I would say we're definitely one of the highest places ranked in Indiana to work just because of that involvement, because of all the opportunities we have for that involvement, uh, because of all the things that are available to us at a cultural level, um, you know, outside of the job. So the job is definitely rewarding, but if they, you really want to have some other opportunities within community to succeed or grow that cultural and voluntary experience, absolutely. We're all for it. Yeah. And so... How do you how do you describe the brand, or how do you dictate that the brand be described when you're out there recruiting and finding talent? Ooh, uh, well, our actual brand is exceptional care, simply delivered. Right, that is our overall brand. You'll probably see it on advertisements and TV, radio, whatnot. For our recruitment brand, it's the exact same. Right, it's exceptional care, simply delivered, but on the position level. Right, so every position is defined. Every position has a purpose, and those purposes of those positions are to, in effect, give the patient the best outcome of care. Mm -hmm. um, my goal, I guess, when I look at some of the talent acquisition jobs and, that we're pushing and the positions we have out here, whether it's a nursing job or it's a support position, is to make sure that these positions meet the brand standard and also meet the employment goal of our culture. Right? We want to get you guys involved in our culture. We want to get you involved in our community and our development to not only help you, but also help your community. Yeah, absolutely. So 
you talked about diversity and inclusion, and we talked about you know remote life, and that's kind of what we're trying to focus on. Has diversity in geography come up at all? Are you are you going out of your way to find people who have different worldviews because of where they live? Absolutely. Um, we're we've hired uh, recently our um, chief diversity uh, and inclusion officer. Um, a great acquisition for us here at Community. Um, she has brought a wealth of experience from different areas, and I would say we don't really the old definitions of diversity and inclusion. We have we've thrown those out the window, right? Those are gone. Um, they really didn't exist within community anyway, but now we're going through some of these organic changes, not only with our own culture, but also looking to see what those true definitions are. And we're going into the other populations and pockets of populations, not only in diverse talent, but just diversity in ethnic backgrounds and educational backgrounds and religious backgrounds, you, you name it. It's we're going into these pockets, and again, using the word community, within our community and within the communities of which our caregivers live and operate, and trying to look for talent in these specific areas that can represent our patients, our patient values, and what's really important. Yeah, so primarily still in Indiana. Definitely, yeah. But targeting areas in Indiana where you might find pockets of diversity. Right. Yeah, yep. that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I guess from a recruitment standpoint, when you're looking at, like, uh, diversity and virtual recruitment and positions outside from the work from home basis, we're starting to broaden our horizons outside even in Indiana, mm -hmm. right? So we're starting to do recruitment from say Kentucky or Ohio, um, even Colorado, West Coast, East Coast. It's There's a lot of different places out there where these diverse pockets live for some of the openings that we're gonna have as 100% virtual, for instance. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fascinating. I, uh, when I think of community, obviously, I think of direct care. My, my children go to a, um, a pediatrician that's community. Uh, my primary care physician was community until very recently because he retired. Um, now I'm on the market again, so if you know anyone, <laughs> let me know. Um, and so we've been, we're, we're firm believers in what goes on in community. We know that you guys have a big impact. I've run into you more than, more than once in the community when it comes to um, entrepreneurship and incubation and uh, just being a thought leader in the healthcare space here locally. Um, and I told you before we got on the, the conversation here today that I actually ran into community while I was out of state. I, I was, as I told you, up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin with some friends and uh, we were having brunch and I saw your brand represented very, very boldly on some folks that walked into the restaurant, which was which was fun for me, knowing that we were going to have this conversation here in, in a few days. So um, I guess all that to say, you're doing a great job with the brand. I know you're a part of that. You're that, you know, the, the internal employment facing brand for a lot of purposes. But, um, you know, I, I can say from personal experience and just being on the community so much that uh, you're doing a heck of a job and uh, you need to be proud of the work that you're doing. Um, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what tools did you have in place or did you not have in place to make that adjustment to going remote and virtual? Oh, that's a good one. Um, we'll start with communication. So uh, communication and the evolution of our communication systems going from certain traditional ways to communicate, right? So we're talking email, we're talking manager to, or supervisor manager level to caregiver level communication. Um, yeah. So how, how do we progress when no one's there in the office anymore, right? How do you just get up and say, okay, I'm going to walk down to uh, Sally Joe Smith's office and then talk to employee, blah, 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 and then come right back and do that work or have a big team meeting, you know, in an office setting? Um, impossible, 
right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe actually we lasted that long doing that traditional play of work. Uh, did it take a pandemic for all of us in the uh, industry to say, oh, and wake up? It may have, right? Yeah. So there is, I guess, a, a bonus. To yeah. Um, for us, the communication standpoint, we actually implemented a company-wide internal uh, communication tool um, at which we, I won't give you the company, but we rebranded it to around community, right? Uh, so I reference that as our AC project. So AC uh, around community is now like a social media tool that we use internally for all news, all announcements, all the time. 24 hours a day, lives, breathes, we're getting new adoption rates throughout the network. Um, it's amazing. But that tool really allowed us to give real-time phase four communications via mobile devices anywhere you're at, whether you're on the couch or you're at work or, you know, wherever in, in the line at the grocery store, you can open up, read everything you need to know about what's going on throughout your day and then communicate directly with those that you need to and then forward those communications relatively quickly. Okay. So that allowed us to be not only, I guess, freed us to be virtual, but also gave us a mobile technology as well. Yeah. And you said it was called a round community. Is that something you had in place before the pandemic? No, no? absolutely okay. not. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things, the biggest projects that were, I was assigned right off the gate, you know, uh, when our directors and our VPs came to me and said, so, uh, by the way, <laughs> thanks for taking this job and um, here's this really cool thing. Can you follow up and get that done for us? Wow. That'd be great. <laughs> it's a big task. <laughs> it's a big task. Um, I do love it though. It is uh, Now it's like just second nature to me. I live and breathe the new tech. So yeah. Yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that in, in industries across the board. I mean, as I said, we're in custom software development. So sometimes we're helping folks build or customize those tools. Um, and that has really spiked since the pandemic for us. People coming to us and saying, hey, we have this great tool, but it doesn't do X, Y, and Z. Can you add that in? Right. And it sounds like you were overseeing that from your perspective yep. inside your organization. Still overseeing it. So we're, uh, we would love to have full adoption. We're close. We're, we're pushing on 50% in less than six months. Okay. which is a big deal, yeah. um, especially when you're coming from traditional emails, right? So anything from, say, news and announcements like we have a blood drive today or we have a bake sale or um, maybe a service outage or something like any IT notifications, mm-hmm. we have now stopped sending those in email communications. Um, not all, believe it or not, not all nurses read their emails, right? right? Uh, they're with patients, yep. and that's you know how it should be. Um, but... When we started to do some research and walk around, for instance, our cafes during breaks or just see, you know, at Starbucks counter at North or, you know, wherever we're at, we're, we're starting to see nurses on their cell phones more often, right? Imagine that, people on their cell phones. Um, how can I reach them with news and announcements in a mobile environment where they do not have to sit at a shared workstation? Um, or maybe it's an access issue, whereas... Uh, a person in housekeeping or food service while they're taking care of the meals uh, for the day or cleaning up some area here within the network, um, do they have access to this on their break? And can they do it you know, relatively quickly? Um, maybe they don't have time during the day. How do I get them the communication they need? Mm-hmm. And then when we went remote in a virtual environment, that even made it more crucial. How do I get these communications to the individuals so they know what's going on with our COVID announcements, what's going on with instant command? You know, is something happening here where it's an adjustment to the pandemic or a patient volume. You know, is there, we need more services over here versus over here. You know, it's a staffing thing. Um, these tools have really helped us shape how our virtual strategy and our, I guess you would say how our 
work from home strategy probably will shape up in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to continue, right? A lot absolutely. Of work from home. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's assume we're going to beat this pandemic, uh, but we've learned a lot during this time, and it sounds like you, you've built some tools around what you've learned, and it, the hope is, obviously, that you want to see that continue, particularly where it creates efficiency and effectiveness gains. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, what you've seen in terms of, you, you've told me already that you're a results-driven uh, you know, everyone is results driven, but some some folks are still of the mindset that we need to clock in and clock out and work regular hours. Uh, my company, much like yours, runs more along the lines of: Did you get done what you needed to get done, and was it of top quality? Um, tell me a little bit about how your measurement of those results has changed. We're going to a virtual environment. So I'll talk not as a network, but actually as the team that I support. It's probably a little more, it's closer to home. I have a little more experience with that. Um, so from my team's perspective, how we virtually kind of made that switch. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, about two weeks ago, um, we as a Marcom team, marketing and communications, changed to 100% virtual environment. Wow. So we basically went to a shared workspace. Uh, you can check out offices if you want. Um, really cool, right? Totally hip. Uh, and now we're 100% work from home. Um, and the reason behind that was we're already in the field working with our physicians, working with our site leads, working with our administrators already. And we were doing that prior to our COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it only made sense while we weren't even in the office, but 50% during the week, now we're just 100%. And for my team, it was a really easy transition from the office space to the virtual space just because of that reason. We've already done it, and we already had that kind of the background behind it and the push and drive to do it. Um, I think for us, the ROI was that, um, number one, are we getting any complaints? Are we missing anything, right? That's the, is there any feedback, negative feedback we need to adjust? Um, fortunately for my team, there was not. There was not. Uh, it was a seamless transition. And then we started seeing, okay, is that seamless transition? Where can we improve upon that? Mm-hmm. Um, do I need to do a, a one-on-one now with my team more often? Do I need to have my team do one-on-ones with their site leads or with, say, their administration folks or hospital administrators? Um, believe it or not, uh, we didn't change very much in terms of that. We just fine-tuned it and really started focusing on the actual work and the project work, making sure that the work we do turn in uh, whether that's a communication campaign, a recruitment campaign, a uh, patient advocacy, or even a, a notification that we're sending out uh, was top-notch, top quality all the time. That's fantastic. And so tell me a little bit, are you seeing gains or losses in terms of productivity or efficiency? Is it about the same? I would say this is an interesting question, too, just in terms of the work work from home standpoint. Certain corporations, certain technologies and industries will see a drop, I think, right off the bat. The first three weeks, oh, productivity, not too good here. And then that will reinforce the traditional stereotype of can't work from home because I'm not getting a productivity. Mm-hmm. After that, I think it skyrockets towards productivity. Okay. Um, it did for us. I think that first two weeks, you know, they got the adjustment again, the technology. That's why Wi-Fi work. You know, what am I going <laughs> to do for this? Do I have to... Do this, whatever. Now you can literally do everything, and I do mean everything, from your phone Mm -hmm. and from a laptop at home. Um, Whether it's work or ordering groceries or getting dinner for the night, you can do it all. Uh, And we're finding that too. So our productivity now has gone up 
and not only up, but now we're getting more work. I have to have really have conversations with my team to stop working sometimes. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. I'm a type of guy where it's a uh, time and space mean nothing to me. It's it's the work and whatever the work is, whatever the work calls for. There's an organization network call for this. I'm going to work it. My team's in the same mentality, uh, 24 hours a day, all the time. Um, and it's interesting when that work comes in. Everybody's so hyper-focused to make sure the products get turned around and everything is so exact and precise and it's white glove world-class service at all times. It doesn't really matter when we get that done Mm -hmm. as long as we got it done. And we started to see that productivity just go through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen the same thing. We're in a full remote situation at Rocket Build. Um, Direct Employers and Recruit Rooster are are the other brands are also primarily remote. Almost no one's in the office. We're here today recording, but uh, this is the only time I've been in the office for for weeks, pretty much. I was going to mention that, too. This is the first time I've been outside of my home office for quite some time. Yeah, it's nice to see someone (laughs) face-to-face without a mask on. Uh, We are are distanced. We are distanced, um, yes. And being very safe. And I will say, as community, I did have my community-branded mask on. You did. You did, in fact. It was, uh, and I was familiar with it. Uh, So, again, good work. Um, What else... What else would you, have you learned during this process of going virtual? What are going to be your key takeaways as, a, as an executive, as a professional, that you can carry on with you and your team? Oh, communication. Um, connection and communication virtually and engagement is extremely important when moving to a virtual space. Um, individuals, we're all human, and we all have been in that traditional uh, nine-to-five, driving to work, you know, wherever, uh, going to work every day at another location outside of our home. And... For me, it was really adjusting to and having my team adjust to that. Whereas, hey, um, I know I haven't talked to you in like a couple of weeks. Are you still okay? Right? You got it. I see all your work. I see everything turning around. Everything looks great. But are you are you all right over there? Um, and having those one on one set up. Whereas, you can do the check in. Uh, you can hang out virtually. You can see what they're doing, and they can see you. It's more of a, a mental a mental break from the day to day stuff. Yeah. You're filling in the gaps of what you may have missed. I love that you use the word communication and connection as separate things. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously they go together, uh, like hand in glove, but communication is not connection. Uh, how have you been able to create or maintain connection to your employees through through the remote life and maybe even potentially create a connection with new employees if you've hired during this time? So, funny story, I hired an individual who I've never met and I'll meet her uh, in a month. Okay. Right. Uh, she works here locally. Uh, she manages our east and south uh, hospital network communication strategies, marketing strategies, um, and employment branding. Um, wonderful individual. Uh, hired her and literally have never met in person. <laughs> so that kind of gives you an idea. Yeah. Um, but how will how do I connect with these individuals? Again, it's a this is a cool thing. I'm going to pilot it. If, if someone uh, here online and you know listens to this podcast and says, ooh, I'm going to patent that. You have to give me credit. Uh, I I make it, it's called the five-second check, five-sec check. So with the five-sec check, I've tried this near for the last three weeks. I know it's relatively new. I literally pick up my phone, I text them, and I say, Chris, five-sec check. What's up? Anything? Anything? Nope, all good. Cool. That's it. We're done. Mm -hmm. I may have not seen Chris all week. But I dropped that text, whether it was a Wednesday or a Thursday evening, after five, before work starts, in the middle of the day, and he instantaneously feels connection. Oh, I got Scott's got my back. 
Let's see what I can do. And boom. And then it will go online and we have a program called Basecamp. We put all our work in there anyway. And we're, we're running back and forth. Everybody, no matter where they're at in the network, on my team is connected to everybody else, which is totally cool. And that's a connection uh, part of it. The communication part of it comes in where we do either the five-second check or our once-a-month meetings or if they need me, I'm 100% available, again, mm-hmm. as is they are. Yeah, and that five-sec check is really great. It's uh, a philosophy that we use in the development space a lot. It's a stand-up, right? Right. You're just very quickly every day going to say, what's going on? Let's talk about it if we need to. Or just know that it's a problem and we'll shelve it and talk about it in depth later. Um, but it lets everyone know that you care, that you were thinking about them, and that they can reach out to you the same way that you've just reached out to them. Exactly. It's not my work line. It's my cell line, yeah. right? And they know that I'm available, except like on like an hour a day. So yeah, yeah. it's like, that's, that's my family time. There, don't interrupt that. But anything else, you yeah, know, they can buzz me. I can't tell you the last time I had to use my work phone number. I don't even know it. Right. I, so, I, don't, yeah, I have no idea what mine is. I think it's on my email signature. <laughs> it's a good place for it. What else do you want to say about the work that you're doing there and how that uh, is affected by virtual virtualization of the workforce? I think when you look at the virtualization of the workforce, it's something that the American economy is now thrust into. Um, do I think the 9 to 5, the 8 to 5, the 8 to 4, that core traditional work hours is done for certain populations and tracts of workers and workforce? Absolutely. Gone. Burned up. And if it's not burned up, or it will be very shortly. Um, I think now that individuals have gotten a taste for what it's like to have true work-life balance, and understand that they can get their job done and not have repercussion to their family life and say, oh, I got a tennis game. Cool. I'm going to bolt out for this tennis game. I got to bolt out to pick my kiddo up. I got to bolt out to go to the grocery store or take my dog to the groomer and have no repercussion to come back because you know that time is still there. The work is still there and you know your product's going to still be there. That's crucial. And I think the more and more companies that start to identify the work from home strategy and either implement hybrid strategy or, you know, even a hundred percent model, they'll, they're going to survive longer than the ones that won't. Absolutely. One last thing we like to do with all of our guests is do the uh, rapid fire five questions. So five rapid fire questions coming at you. Just the first thing that pops into your mind. We do this with everyone. We're not singling you out. Not uh, singling me out. You're not special, but not different. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are you ready? Take a deep breath. Right, get let's drink, see. Yourself drink we'll, we'll water. Focus. Yep. We'll focus here. All right, let's go. Okay. Describe yourself in three words. Uh, dangerous, productive, and uh, creative. Wow. And I might be in love. Right. Those are those are three great words. Yeah. I, I try. I try to uh, be one of those three at all different times, and uh, try to rein myself in. I yeah, guess. I love that dangerous. You know, a lot of people see that as a negative, but as soon as you said it, I was like, "Ooh, I like this." I like that. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna steal it. There's a really cool book called The Dangerous Book for Boys. If you get a chance to read that, I will check right. that out. I think there's also The Dangerous Book for Girls. Okay. I'm not sure, but The Dangerous Book for Boys is pretty cool. Okay. You've it's on my list. Favorite technology you use daily? Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, no-brainer, right? I didn't know even come to my mind. Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah. uh, if it's if it's a hard software, it'd be Wi-Fi. Hardware would be my espresso machine. Espresso yeah, machine. Yeah. Gotta right. have another software. good answer. Oh yeah. Right. When are you most inspired? 
uh, uh, after either one or two monsters or one or two bourbons. It really depends on okay. the time of day. Okay. The right blend of upper or downer depending <laughs> right. on the time of day. Right. It is either super relaxed or super wide. Yeah, yeah. That's me too. But I, I'm a coffee guy in the morning. Uh-huh. So yeah, coffee same. coffee gets me going through the morning and then wind down is, is the bourbon at night. Yeah. So. I think my caffeine addiction is pretty high. <laughs> Coffee's not quite that <laughs> Most important advice you'd give to your past self? Uh, never look back. Never look back. Yeah. That's an ironic answer. It's an ironic answer. Yeah. Right? Just go. <laughs> right? I, I think, and that, that really blends into just an attitude, right? It's an overall life function to say, well, the past is a past. Again, going back, I have no concept of time or space reality. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all forward. You, you are the you that you've always been. That's right. Yep, and always will be. Yep. Love it. What do you consider the single most important component of an employer brand to be? Uh, I would say engagement. I will also say resilience. And I will say collective culture. Collective culture. Unpack that a little bit for me. What does collective culture mean? Collective culture to me means the whole gambit. It's the whole value of what a corporation, entity, or person brings to the table to make that culture. Corporates can't just say, this is our culture and this is who we are. Mm -hmm. That fails. It's the people, it's the individual work, it's the products, it's the services. It's the brand that brings that culture together. So that's the collectiveness. Yeah, I love it. There's a lot of... uh talk for the last five to eight years since social, since social media blew up about not owning your brand anymore. Right. The brand is everybody that interacts with it, right? And the same is true of internal culture. So it's it's not dictated. It is the organic thing that happens when employees interact with one another and with uh, the institution as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, look at the, look at the new platforms like TikTok, for instance. It's, it's all about personal brand and culture. Yeah, yeah, personal brand. Big thing right now. I don't know what that means, but I need to work on mine probably. Uh, so, Scott, great pleasure. Uh, this is the first time we're meeting. I am sad we haven't done it before, um, but uh, hopefully we can have a conversation again in the in the future. Uh, thanks for joining us today to talk about the future of hiring and what the pandemic has done for virtual work in your company. Uh, go ahead and let us know if, if uh, folks are interested. Let us know how they can get in touch with you. Oh, I'll use another uh, corporate social media platform. Uh, Scott Sindelik at LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I get everything right there. Right. Uh, hit me up there if you're interested in learning a little more about uh, future tech and just tech in general and also work from home and recruitment technologies, all sorts of cool stuff. All right. Again, pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the DE Talk podcast. Stay connected with direct employers on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and subscribe to our emails by visiting directemployers.org slash subscribe to receive notifications of new episodes each month.